Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I'm your host, Jeff Yan. In this episode, you will hear part two of my conversation with Rebecca Thomas, Director of the Pathways ePortfolio Program and Adjunct Assistant Professor of the Electrical and Computer Engineering Department at Bucknell University. More links and information about today's conversation can be found on Digication's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Full episodes of Digication Scholar Conversations can be found on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Now, you are, you know, again, you know, the director for of the of the Pathways ePortfolio program, which is, like you said, a, a campus-wide um, initiative. Um, how, what are some, can you give us some sort of insights, maybe, you know, anecdote on some of the things that might have either surprised you or impressed you on what students have been able to do to, to, you know, include those aspects of life into their education. And it doesn't have to be about engineering, because I know, but I know that the majority of students are, you know, engineers in this case. Um, you know, something that, something that will give other folks a little bit of a practical glimpse of Oh, that's what you mean. Because to me, I think that there's, you know, a lot of assumption that simply just goes, okay, great. Um, engineer, you know, doing meaningful work. Maybe they're doing a better, I don't know, solar panel. And that's it. Um, to me, it feels a lot more nuanced than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're still fairly early in, you know, getting getting students to do e-portfolios. Um, and so I don't know if I have a lot of specific examples, but uh, the one, and the ones that we've been doing so far are usually pretty course focused, right? That'll be part of, you know, an instructor decides to put them in the course, right? They're part of the grade, part of a project, part of something. So, so sadly, right, that, that kind of confines what you're expecting and and what we get but we we're starting to see right the students pull in other parts um right and see more of of who our students are that's uh faculty who've used portfolios have really enjoyed them because they're getting to see more glimpses of of who their students are and what they're interested in what what they really want to do which are things like we usually don't know because we don't uh, ask, and maybe okay. we didn't even know to ask. Right. Um, That's yeah. so interesting. I know that you were saying that hey, we're just starting and doing. This is actually incredibly insightful. I, I in my mind, because um, there is, it almost feels once you said it that it should be obvious. When you work with students, it's great when you know who they are, who they want to be, and what 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 do they value in their lives? What makes them happy, and what makes them, you know, feel feel like um, feel excited? But if you don't know that, and all that you know is here is my questions, <laughs> and I want you to come with the answers, it really ignores the entire layer. So it's almost like like what you're saying. Before we get to the point where you can see the results of what these students are doing, we need them to have a go at showing 
their professors who they are in an authentic way. So that the professors can then say, oh, knowing that, let's push you in this direction. Yeah. Right. But without that, it doesn't, it doesn't work, right? Because even if I were just to say, let's say that I'm a professor in, uh, you know, in, 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 in um, uh, chemical engineering and I, I, I'm really, te- you know, my expertise is in photovoltaic cells and creating, you know, next generation of, you know, solar power, blah, 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 right? I can tell people that, hey, this is it. You need to be do- working on this because, you know, our world is, you know, getting too hot. We need to find new ways to create energy. Almost like if you just tell them that, it doesn't count. Do you know what I mean? It's like, like you need to get to, you need to learn what the students, who the students are first. Mm-hmm. So that has been kind of my yeah. first e-portfolio, the e-portfolio project in class has been um, I teach the first year design course in electrical and computer engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the first course that students take within the department. They take it the spring mm-hmm. semester of their freshman year. Um, and so I designed an e-portfolio, right, that gives them a little bit of a chance to explore the discipline because a lot of them come in not really knowing what an electrical engineer or a computer engineer does, um, right? A lot of people don't know that because I still get asked when I say I'm an electrical engineer if I can wire a house, and I most certainly cannot do that. <laughs> right? and, and electrical engineers are doing all kinds of things that are, have nothing to do with wiring. Well, you're also not an electrician. Right, right. <laughs> um, right, but so it gives them a chance, though, to explore, mm-hmm. you know, what are the different things? And electrical engineering is hugely broad, right? Mm-hmm. There are the people that work on power, like traditional power stations, um, even, you know, different things with signals and RFID. Uh, I did very small things, right? Uh, uh, semiconductors and, you know, making making devices out of, out of semiconductors, right? So students get a chance to at least dip their toe in this. Um, but also in their e-portfolio, they have to answer questions like, what do you value, right? And we give a list. What are the top five things in this that you value and why? What interests you? Like, what what hobbies did you do? Um, and, and what have those taught you about yourself? Right, so they're learning at the same time, what are the possibilities in this discipline that I've chosen? You know, mm. who am I and, and how do these things link together? Right. And no, it's it's only one one e-portfolio assignment very early on, but I you know, I think that kind of sets them on the right track to to think more in that way. Um and just to be reflective in general, right? A huge part of e-portfolios are are learning how to reflect and and learning, you know, how to how to apply that in different places and that's one thing that we've seen even early on is that when we ask students to reflect in their first year, then they get to their second year and they're taking design courses or they're even taking, you know, kind of a more technically focused required course. But we see them being more reflective and transferring that you know, to different courses and to like different domains even. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's been really 
really cool to see and and kind of surprising that it yeah it it didn't take that much it took like one intervention one <laughs> portfolio that, intervention to do yeah that. i think i i really feel like that these are the you know i almost wanted to take your eight semester long you know follow-up you know course that like this idea and like go all the way down to like middle school or something you know because like imagine how um how differently people will approach life um if they were exposed to things a little earlier because i think it's kind of like what you i always always have this vision uh rebecca you know when you were saying well it's just this one thing in the beginning i have them do but to me it's like if you're in the ocean you're sailing this large ship and you like turn them you know one degree one direction but if you then run four years of sailing this boat, you're going to be in a different continent. Yeah. You know? Um, and so it's like, it's such a big, huge, you know, impact when you can catch them at the right time. Don't you think? Yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit about, I want to talk a little bit about today's engineering students. Um I I think that in the last, definitely in the last decade, but I think even especially perhaps because of COVID, because of, you know, all of the different societal um, norms being changed and challenged, you know, in the last uh, few years, um, there, there seems to be a whole new set of students having maybe different value systems comes to facing different issues. Um, and, and I've talked to a lot of people about that in sort of the general student population, but I kind of kept wondering whether some of those issues exist for, you know, engineering students or whether you see any sort of trends. So you already had mentioned, you know, gender is something that you're still fighting for. Right. And we already talked about the the sort of nuance, you know, approach of like problem solving versus let's talk about the problem first. Um, But are there other things too? I mean, I see a lot of issues, you know, like mental health. I see a lot of, you know, um, issues with people thinking about affordability of higher education. Um, And probably, you know, one that that is popular these days is artificial intelligence. And I, I, I almost don't want to talk about specifically like chat GPT or generative, you know, sort of stuff, but more the further implications of where artificial intelligence may, may come in. Of course, some of your students I'm assuming are studying that and maybe practicing, you know, you know, in that area. Yeah. Um, so yeah, one change I see just about kind of their interest, I see a lot more students interested in um, environmental issues, right? And interested in, in doing things with renewable energy um, and doing different things that can can help protect our planet. Uh, so there's, I think that's one thing that that is different about this generation of students. Um, can I ask a really, really, really simple question? Do you meet any students who 
don't believe that we have an environmental issue today. I have not come across any. Uh, you know, mainly I, mean, I know I it's, it's, it sounds like a stupid question, but it ex you know, there are pockets of our population believes that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. But most of the time when I hear about their their interest in it, right, is because I ask like, you know, why did why did you choose this or what, you know, what are your interests that overlap? Right. And I hear that a lot more. So I don't ask the question flat out. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you kind of you pass that. Everyone's, you know, they, they're, they're, they're more thoughtful than just, you know, do I believe it? Do I not? Of course I do. Um, but, yeah. Um, okay. And I want to, right. And, and a lot of them are a little bit more aware, I think, of, you know, the, the issues that our technology, right, that engineers have created uh, are causing. Right? So, so engineers have been part of the problem, probably a big part of the problem. And now we need to really figure out how to be part of the solution. Yeah. Is there a sense of, you know, like, I know that when, um, when I talk to people, you know, if you, I mean, I think Greta Thunberg is the, 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 the real, you know, the person that really comes to mind that this is a person who is saying, you guys really screwed up this planet for us. Like literally just this, this last, you know, few decades, it wasn't that screwed up before. <laughs> like you really did it. You screwed it up for us. I'm gonna, we are going to have to fix it. Hopefully you can help fix it, but we are going to really be the one who's going to face this and have to fix it. There's a sense of um, both urgency, but there's also a sense of, you know, like they are born with this weight on their shoulders, you know? And for the generation that created it, they didn't have that sense. They just wanted to do whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> they may not know that that's what they were doing, or they may not be a. They may not realize how badly it can be, and how 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 large the problem is going to scale to. You know, like the butterfly effect, uh, mm. the effect. You know, but yeah, that I mean, that was kind of the the problem engineers were handed, and you know, when when engineering education was developed, it's right. How do we marry? industry with manufacturing like mm, how do yeah. we make more things how do we make cheaper things more and engineers have been and, yeah. wildly successful at doing this right but now yeah. we are at the point where we have to ask should we right mm -hmm. should we keep doing this and and you know and how do we address kind of the the issues that have been created already so do you see um, students today having been equipped now with the technical skills that they have and, you know, these, you know, ideas of, you know, what's, what are the big wicked problems in the world? Um, do you still see that, you know, maybe some of them are, you know, certainly still interested in going to get that job at Google uh, versus people who are doing more entrepreneurial stuff or are they just looking for opportunities? It doesn't have to be entrepreneurship, but it might be about joining organizations and companies that have a different kind of mission and purpose. So where, where do you see that? So 
Although I I do think where where students will go right is is kind of up to the students and um right that's part of part of my goal in engineering education as well is to give the students agency right and I don't expect that all students are going to want to work on these you know really complex societally relevant problems um right there's some that might want to work at Google their whole lives and if you know that's their choice that's the, what they want to do um but yeah I think I I do hope though that being exposed to this more students will be prepared to take on these problems because I think that's a big part of the issue is in the past and you know even kind of right now a lot of students right who are just prepared with a very technical focus you know, don't have the kind of preparation they need to like make solving these kind of problems even a possibility, right? That, you know, that's not an accessible option to them. So, right, I, I think we're opening up that door, and you know, I, I think though, based on what, what the current generation of students is concerned with, that yeah, we should we should see more of them kind of going down that path. Mm-hmm. But I, I do also think the only thing it would be fair, I mean, I feel like that we've beaten up on Google a lot here, but, you know, don't you think it'd be fair to say that um, we also need students who will be working and running the future of Googles and Facebooks, et cetera, but they would be the one who need to inject that sense of urgency to privacy, respecting people's, you know, sort of uh, data and and things of that nature too, right? We need we need them at all levels, really. Don't right. You think? Yeah. Yeah. And and that you know, um, there's nothing wrong really working at Google or whatnot, except that you know, like they could be on the team working on the right thing, right? Um, yeah. It feels like that that happens. I mean, I still remember when um, the person who um, pointed out what happened at Facebook with um, with a study that they had um, on the impact of, you know, social media on especially uh, teenage um, girls. Um, and to that person worked at Facebook, that person wanted, it was a woman, right? I forgot her name, actually. I really shouldn't have. I should look this up. But... Um, she worked at Facebook with that being her intention, not the intention to be a whistleblower, to, to solve this problem. And she was promised that that's what they were doing. It was not until the fact that she realized that they weren't being sincere in solving this problem. In fact, they were going to sort of just cover it up or, you know, knew it knew the of its the report's existence but then not do anything with it that's when she went and tried to do the right thing right um but that person had to have that this kind of mindset that you you were talking about before trying to figure out what's right and wrong what are the ethical and 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 you know ways to um to be able to um to probably just to face themselves and face the world, don't you think? Yeah, and I think for sure if we've if we've got enough people with you know the 
with different mindsets and the big corporations, then we have the power to change the direction of large corporations too. Right. And it yeah. could be that, I mean, to me, it's sad that in the last, you know, and it's sad that there are industries like, you know, namely like things like oil and gas that, that found something that is worth, you know, that is essentially, you know, worth a lot of money or very, very valuable, but happens to also destroy our environment. And then, you know, we have technology companies that have also then found this thing that's very valuable, and that is people's data, people's profile, people's preferences, but that it destroys people's privacy, right? And, uh, you know, and they have to resolve to tricking them into, you know, giving up their, their data and privacy and, and making money off of that, right? Um, it almost feels like that the next generation of innovation could very well be, hey, look, this stuff is extremely valuable and it doesn't destroy either people or the environment, uh, right? I mean, that, that, probably just wasn't, <laughs> that probably just wasn't a consideration, to be really frank. I think that I don't, I genuinely don't believe that people in the beginning, well, I mean, I'm being naive, but I don't believe that they initially set out to destroy and benefit themselves at the same time. I don't think that they could even plan it. I think they just, you know, come across it and just rode the wave, right? Until it begins too late. Well, maybe they didn't even know the effects, but right, they didn't mm-hmm. stop to consider the should should we mm-hmm. do yeah. things, right? Mm-hmm. Just like. A... Well, we are on the cusp of that a little bit now with AI, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, right? for sure. I mean, AI is come a long way like really quickly and it it's a lot to figure out <laughs> it's kind of terrifying but uh, but there's a lot of opportunity there too and figuring out the the boundaries of it and you know what what should and shouldn't be done as you know, a, a big complicated issue that has to be looked at from a lot of different angles yeah not just the technology one which says we know how to do this (laughs) right yeah my hope i'll tell you my hope is it's having having spoken to a lot of you know ai um engineers who actually many of them say that you know what you know we made a lot of this stuff work but we actually don't know how the machine is making it work because it's too complicated for them to even understand at this point but what they um what seems to be my hope the saving grace here is that um there's still time there's still a chance for not just the engineers but for all humans who interact with the machines because the machines are not learning just from the engine. In fact, they can't learn just from the engineer because they need a vast amount of data to learn from. Mm -hmm. So they're really learning from society, but it's really from society that gives them ideas of what ethics look like, what values, you know, we, we, what, what are the human values that make, make the species special, you know, um, and what happiness look like and and so on. But yeah. Yeah. But a big part right. of the risk is does the data represent everybody? 
Or yeah, right now, probably. Well, that's, that's one of the problems, too, is that we have a disproportionate amount of data that were generated in recent years um, to available data in the world, right? Like, we don't have nearly as much data. I mean, I, I, I think that someone said that, you know, YouTube alone generates by megabytes more data in any one day than probably the last century combined, right? And that's probably, I don't know whether that's an exaggeration, but that wouldn't surprise me at all, right? Yeah. Um, first of all, it's video versus, you know. But regardless, the point really is that there is a lot more data being generated like disproportionately every minute, you know, now than before. So, you know, like um, th there's got to be some kind of bias built into that um, for for AI to learn from. But but that, but exactly to what I'm hoping for is, you know, it's engineers and students, because it's not all engineering students at Bucknell, right? But all students from places like Bucknell, whether you take on an engineering position or, you know, something else, are the ones who will either in the side of the creation of these new technologies and machines and, 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 and intelligence, um, or they are in the side of just being every you know, a responsible part of the community and society, a member of that, to behave and and um, contribute to and to teach, you know, ethically and 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 with with the understanding of these kind of, you know, um, uh, uh, these um, uh, current issues that allows for um, technology, whether it be AI powered or not, to to have a, a bias more towards the side that that won't destroy us in the future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, do you have anything that you want to say to wrap up? I think, um, thank you so much for spending so much time with me so far. I don't know. We've, we've went a long ways, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about like ePortfolios and how integrating those with STEM can help our students narrate, you know, their, yeah. their paths and, and think about what they want to do and maybe, you know, shift, shift the trajectory of where we're yeah. going and, sure. and make it so that yes, they don't destroy us all. <laughs> I know that you're going to be too polite to plug, but I'm going to make a plug for you okay. um, and for Bucknell. I think for all the, institutions, all the people who are in power in their inst respective institutions who've previously had this idea that STEM students aren't built to do portfolios because they are, you know, we, you can't reach to that. You can't reach them. They are doing this, you know, sort of, you know, your, your own idea of what a STEM education may look like. I think you, after this conversation, hopefully you can think again. I think you should go and look at what Bucknell has done, reach out to, um, uh, Rebecca and maybe her colleagues that will be featuring many of them um, to to try to understand and keep an open mind to understand that um, you know um, 
uh, there's a lot to be learned from the STEM fields. And they also are taking a lot of what you take for granted of your students, you know, in the liberal arts or in the humanities, et cetera. And there's actually a lot more similarities than there are differences. And in fact, um, don't discount them. And if you are in a, an institution where your engineering program is not um, currently practicing these things, really think twice about it. I think that that could have tremendous impact to society and the world. How's that? <laughs> I agree. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, Rebecca, um, it is lovely to chat with you. Thanks for spending the time with me again. Yeah, thanks for and, having me. Uh, yeah, and uh, let's, uh, let's talk again soon, okay? Sounds great. All right, bye. Take care. Bye. Coming up next, we'll be chatting with Janet Van Laan, Assistant Professor in the Education Department and Co-Director of the Center for Social Science Research at Bucknell University. Here's a quick preview. Creating a space for students that is inclusive, um, where everybody feels a sense of belonging, um, where everyone feels like they they will be challenged and they're going to be held accountable and to high expectations. But at the same time, like it is okay to make a mistake. 